play action from the pocket. Takes a downfield shot. Ridley is running free. He's got it. Touchdown. Tied. Sounds so soft. Don't you agree? I invented man, sweat. Man, man. Popping bottles, Stop. putting supermodels man, in the cab. Proof. Man, I guess man, I got man. my swagger back. Man, Truth. Man, New watch alert. Hey guys and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Today I'm joined by yet another very special guest, Mike Tagliere. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL. He works over there at Fantasy Pros. Mike, how are we doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, we were just talking before we got on the air that uh, going to a concert tonight. So I'm uh, looking forward to getting a break away from the computer because uh, as you know, we're cramming all this draft stuff uh, right now and it's trying to get one step ahead of everybody else. It, it feels impossible to get one step ahead of everybody else because every time you feel good about some someone some new piece of information comes out so mm -hmm. today we're going to talk about calvin ridley and Ridley might be one of the more interesting case studies of the class because of the film versus metrics people so before we get into some of that stuff, can you tell me what you think his strengths are and what you like about his game? Uh, Ridley, the first thing you notice, it's like, honestly, he, he's in a different tier than everybody else in this class in route running. You know, when a lot of people talk about uh, Ridley, they want to bring up his age and the fact that, you know, he's going to be 24 years old this year. And I mean, I, I do want to say that he's not going to be 24 until the end of the year. So when most wide receivers come into the league, they don't run the full route tree. You know, they're, they're very limited in their route running tree, but Ridley can run every single route. He's a pro ready receiver, similar to, you know, Julio Jones and Amari Cooper came out of Alabama and that that offense his route running is I, I can rave about it all day and I know we're going to talk about it obviously in this podcast his speed he can beat you at every level of the field uh, which makes it so difficult for a defender because if you if you push him you're opening yourself up for a big risk because it's going to be like very impossible to hang out hang with him you know at the top end when he runs a post route he can spin you around and then he gets over the top and his 4-3 speed which he should run I want to say it's like a 4-3-5 is what they're expecting he stops on a dime too there's just so many things that I marvel when watching his tape because there's there's few things that that, you know, when you go and watch a player, you have to figure out what's going to translate to the NFL, right? And when you can get separation at every single level against the best competition, mind you, because playing where he did, obviously he's playing against the best competition. Uh, and with the route running chops that he has, he's just pro ready. And I just feel like he's ready to contribute in the NFL right away. You mentioned that top level competition. I mean, at Alabama, you're going to play the LSUs, the SEC schools. He played against Clemson this year, uh, Georgia in the national title game, started the year off with Florida State. And I know a lot of people don't like to mention that, but Florida State's defense was thought of as one of the best in the country, and McFadden was considered one of the best corners in the country. And he was spinning McFadden around all the time. I love your point about his route running because it's, it's silky smooth, man. It's, I don't want to call it Antonio Brown-esque because that's just another level, but he looks like the Antonio Brown of college football just in terms of the way he gets in and out of his breaks and how effortless it is. I love how he wins at the line of scrimmage every time. Like him running a quick slant, he has corners who have good hips look like they have terrible hips. He's just so smooth. And then when you add to that his long speed, like you said, a 4-3-5, which I think would cement him in the first round. I think he's a first rounder regardless, but I think that 4-3-5 speed, you, it shows up on tape too. He's running by guys. But his ability after the catch too, like he has open field vision. He has ability to make guys miss. He doesn't have good strength in terms of running through contact. He's more of a make you miss guy. But, you know, at 6'1", 190 with smooth route running and good speed, I think that's exactly what you're looking for out of an NFL wide receiver. Absolutely. And it's funny. So, Elliot, I, I, I got this together for you because I wanted to bring it up on a podcast. So I'm just happy to bring it up on yours. So I went back 
And I looked at a scouting profile of a, a player a couple years ago that came into the league. And I wanted, I'm going to give you this scouting profile and tell me it, it doesn't sound like Ridley here. He's an extremely productive receiver from a relatively smaller level football program, which obviously isn't true, but that can use another year in college to continue to develop physically. He's undersized and will initially struggle with the physical aspects of the game at the next level. He's lined up out of the slot and would have trouble with his release against some of the bigger physical corners at the next level if he lines up on the line of scrimmage. He's explosive off the line and will show good burst out of his speed cuts but needs to work on his underneath routes. He has decent hands, but it looks like the ball gets big on him at times and he traps too many passes to his body. He has a really nice combination of quickness and speed. He's extremely productive during college. Shows very impressive initial quickness with exploding off the line, displays good agility as a route runner with the ball after the catch. The problem is he lacks size. Not tall, doesn't possess enough bulk at this time. Needs to add more strength effectively to beat press coverage and batted for the ball when it's in the air. So when you hear all that, there's a lot of things that ring similar to Calvin Ridley, the knocks on him or the strengths that he has in terms of route running. The fact that he's not going to break many tackles after the catch. He might struggle with press. That was Antonio Brown's scouting profile. And you, I, I found it funny that you mentioned Antonio Brown because nobody wants to talk about these elites. Nobody wants to compare a, a prospect to an elite receiver in the NFL because that's really tough to do because you don't know if he's going to translate. There's a lot the, the skeptics on Ridley. I would tell you they don't watch the film because if you watch the film on Ridley, he, he's a phenomenal route runner. He, he is ready and he does demonstrate some of that Antonio Brown skill set. He reminds me a little bit of St Stefan Diggs and my NFL comparison to him was like a Reggie Wayne. These are all guys that are a little bit undersized. They're not going to be the guy that you go to in the red zone all the time. They're not a jump, go up and get it type of receiver. They're the type that is going to create separation and make life easier on a quarterback. So when looking at his numbers, people are like, well, why didn't he produce more numbers? Jalen Hurts is a bad football quarterback. He's just a bad quarterback in general. Like, I don't know how else to put this. He averaged just 18 pass attempts per game in 2017. So to see Ridley put up 967 yards and five touchdowns, I think it was actually a plus in terms of his, his scouting and on top of the level of competition. He just made life so much easier on Hurts. I hesitate to think, you know, how it would how it would have been, uh, you know, how Hurts, how bad Hurts would have been without someone like Calvin Ridley. So I think that brings up a really interesting point. <laughs> You're, you just had me laughing here because you, you basically read off all my notes in terms of what I'm thinking with Calvin Ridley and how smooth he is as a route runner. And that's the thing I'm most confident will translate from uh, college to the NFL. It's like he's not going to lose his quickness and speed and smoothness as a route runner and ability to run all the different routes. That's not just going to go out the window. And we keep hearing about market share, right? That's the thing everyone wants to talk about with receivers. How often was he targeted and how much did he do with his targets and i think it's a very interesting stat but i don't think it's an end-all be-all in terms of what they're going to be in the nfl and i think you really need to realize that nfl oh, sorry co different college teams run different offenses with different quarterbacks who have different skill sets and different abilities to go through progressions so just putting numbers up all together is not really fair to ridley or other prospects so for example calvin ridley had what 63 catches this year and bo scarbo was the second leading receiver on the team with 18 <laughs> like just in terms of what he did. And if you watch Hurts, like every every play is one read and then run. So it's one of the things that Alabama's coaching staff told him is because if he's a limited quarterback and they're so talented, is the only way we can lose is if you mess it up for us. So mm -hmm. if your first read isn't wide open, you run because that's your that's your strength. So with if Calvin Ridley, if the play was not originally designed for Cal Calvin Ridley, he didn't get the ball. And even if it was, he was open at times, and Hurts didn't feel like the window was big enough. There was no anticipation. There was no leading him. There was no any of that stuff. So it's basically if he's not the play design and isn't wide open immediately, he doesn't get the football. So that tells me two things. One, 
he got wide open a lot real quickly. <laughs> and yeah. two, when you watch his film, he's open a lot, and he's he's not getting the ball or the looks. I got a couple plays that I'm going to put up in my thread later, and he's literally just running wide open with no one within 15 yards of him, and Hurts isn't even looking his way. So I don't think market share is completely fair to knock really for his future chances in the NFL in terms of success. I agree with you 100%. That's the thing is like, I, I'll, I'll be flat out honest with you, Elliot. I do not, I, I take college numbers with a grain of salt. Like, it's almost just like, is it a factor? Sure, because you want to see some consistency in the numbers, but it's 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 difficult as a wide receiver when you have a quarterback as inconsistent as Hertz is. And as you mentioned, it's like, even looking at some other wide receivers you're going to talk about in this class, like Michael Gallup, if you watch the film on him, there's times where you see him wide open, the quarterback just flat out misses him. So you can't hold everything against the receiver, and that's where with college it's different than the pros. And the pros, we know everybody's on the top level, and players that are in the right system are going to perform well, yada, yada. College, it's so different. You have to actually sit down and watch it all rather than look at stats and say, well, he wasn't consistent. There's so many factors. The offense, the, the lack of volume in the offense in general, uh, the fact that you mentioned Bo Scarborough is the number two receiver. It's kind of ridiculous <laughs> because Scarborough doesn't even project as someone who's going to catch passes in the NFL so that it kind of tells you where everything's at in regards to you know going to the next level like like talking about the weaknesses I, I'd like to address it because think about it this way the old school train of thought was that you had to be you know six three or taller uh, you know 200 and some pounds as a, as a number one receiver in order to be that guy on a team Antonio Brown he kind of killed that notion as of late. You know, Jerry Rice back in the day, he wasn't the biggest receiver, but people kind of forgot about that smaller receiver that can be that possession number one receiver. Ridley is actually two inches taller than Antonio Brown. Uh, I don't know his weight. It seems like they're saying it's 190. I don't, I'm doubting that he's 190. I would, I see, I, th I see more of like a 180 wide receiver with Ridley, which that's the only concern, right? Like, can he handle those physical corners? But the question to me is, can those physical corners handle him? Because if Ridley comes back off the line of scrimmage if they put him back off a couple yards they give him that little jump step which is that's like literally the the first step he gets on you you're done because you're going to turn your hips and as you mentioned he's going to cut back inside and you're, you're literally spun around as a defender and he makes you look stupid he's the type of receiver and when i say that he could beat you at every level it's because if you give him enough of cushion he's just going to stop on a dime and he's going to turn around and if the ball's there he's going to catch it uh if you if you press him and he gets by you you are not catching him like that's the thing is like these he's not the type of receiver. He's not a Des Bryant where he's going to catch. I, I think my only concern, and I'll ask you about this is, you know, when he gets to the NFL, the contested catches, is that going to be a problem? Like I know he can create separation the majority of the time, but you know, Matt Harmon from NFL.com, I know he does a thing on contested catch rates where it's like, you know, when there's a defender on top of them. And he said that Amari Cooper, obviously his former teammate, he struggles with, with some of those contested catches. That's the only thing I look at with Ridley because you almost never seen a quarterback in contention with him in terms of he didn't have to catch the ball in traffic very often. Yeah, I think his hands are fine in terms of overall catching. Like, he can catch the ball away from his body. He looks yep. it in. He can high point the football. And I think he does a great job of tracking the ball over his shoulder, which is going to be huge for anyone, you know, running those deep routes. We talk about Will Fuller in previous drafts, and he can't – he doesn't do that very well. I do think that the contested catch is an issue with Ridley. I think it pops up on his film. If you're kind of throwing him fade routes to the NFL level, I think he's going to have some balls that he could come down with, but the defender knocks out of his hands. I think ultimately, though, that's 
that's not what you're drafting him to be. So that's right. that's the thing is like not a wide receiver isn't a wide receiver isn't a wide receiver, right? There are guys that are designed for big plays. There are designed guys that are designed to win consistently on routes, and there's guys designed to make those contested catches and be red zone monsters. I don't know if Ridley is the the latter, but I do think that you know if you have him in the red zone running quick slants he's going to beat corners and have easy throws but he's definitely contested catches are definitely not a strength of his game and then the other weakness I saw on film and this matters much less to me with a guy like Calvin Ridley is he's a pretty terrible blocker and kind of has no interest in even trying to do it I love a physical receiver blocking but again Ridley doesn't project as a contested catch guy so he probably doesn't project as a blocker so he's not really going to help your team's run game other than the fact that he's gonna have to, they're gonna have to keep safeties over the top to stop him. But again, with the receiver not being a receiver, is that for what his role is going to be, he has very, very few holes in this game. Which brings me to the fact that he is 23 years old, right? And this is the this is the huge knock is that you can't take a 23 year old receiver in the first round and uh, breakout age and all that stuff. And basically, he's just better than people because he's older than them. So I would love to get your thoughts, but real quickly, I want to throw one thing in there is that. Whenever you draft an older prospect, for me, he needs to be ready right away. And with Calvin Ridley, I have zero doubts that he steps on the field. And, you know, he could catch 80 passes next year for over 1,000 yards, in my opinion. Yep. If you're drafting someone like Kevin White in the first round like the Bears did, and if he's 24 years old, there's major concerns there because you know he's somewhat of a project coming out of a junior college and all that stuff. Um, Ridley, I don't have that concern about because here the, the way I think about it is this. If you were to take Antonio Brown at even 27 years old, and you put him in the draft, he's being taken in the top 10. Like that's happening because if you can find a franchise wide receiver, it's funny because I have these conversations with my wife because she'll try to understand, you know, more of what I do and, and like why Julio Jones is who he is. Like, how does a team get a Julio Jones? It's because you have to take a chance like this in the draft. Like understand that if you want a franchise wide receiver, a lot of the time you're going to have to take him in the top of the first round. Like that's the sad truth of it. We have so much film on these guys to understand what are elite traits. And Ridley has that, you know, Amari Cooper, the knock on him right now is that his hands, you know, but when he came into the league, Amari Cooper's a route running. He's a technician, right? And Ridley's that same player. He may not be as big and physical as Cooper, but he might have better hands. They're, they're both able to come in and contribute right away, and that's why the age doesn't matter so much to me. If he had some some rawness to his game, some areas that were like, yeah, he could really use work here, nothing is going to change about Calvin Ridley when he gets to the NFL. They're going to refine some of his things. Sure, maybe they'll help with his blocking, but when it comes to his route running, his speed, none of that's all that stuff's going to translate. And that's the thing. Like When you talk about other wide receivers who are like Cortland Sutton, there's other things to debate on whether or not those things are going to translate to the NFL, if the competition mattered, if the quarterback mattered, all those things. But the things that we see with Ridley, there is no question about if it will translate to the NFL. It's, are you willing to pay that high of a pick for a guy that he may not be that possession receiver, like that big, you know, like I said, that the, the traditional, you have to think a little bit outside the box. You have to say, he's not Calvin Johnson. He's not going to be a receiver like Randy Moss. That's not who he is, but he's more of like an Antonio Brown. And that's the, the whole press coverage knock on him. I understand saying that that's like a thing in his game that you have to look for in the pros. But I also think that that's really overrated because like, if you look at someone like Antonio Brown, he's 5'10", 185 pounds, 190 pounds. There's a reason teams can't stop him because if you press him on the line he's going to beat you he's he's quick enough to do that and Ridley again at every single level on the field is quick enough he's not slow out of his breaks he's not slow off the line he's not slow deep he really doesn't have a weakness when it comes to his route running or speed on the field everything else is is very minuscule and things that can be worked on so 
again, the only concern I have with him, and it's not really the press coverage either, because I think he's big enough uh, to get off that. And I think he's quick enough. Um, I just worried about the offense, maybe that he goes to, uh, you know, like I talk about this all the time. And that just because a player doesn't produce right away out of college, it doesn't mean that they're 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 not a good player, that they're not a good prospect, that they couldn't have been something in the NFL. I mean, let's look at last year, right? Robert Woods was buried in Buffalo for how long? He was considered one of the most inefficient wide receivers in the game. And then he goes to LA and plays in an offense that that works around everything and actually plays against their opponents' weaknesses. And Robert Woods is all of a sudden a legitimate NFL receiver. It's the thing, like John Ross. I'm, I was a big John Ross fan last year, and I stand by him. I think he's a buy low in Dynasty League. But if you go to an offense where you're not going to get to showcase those skills, you're you're going to die in this league and people are going to consider you a failure, which is why a lot of people, you know, look at the recent draft classes. I think someone posted on Twitter earlier today that when you look at the last three years of first round picks at wide receiver, there's a reason a lot of people are skeptical about taking a wide receiver there, including Bears fans, which, by the way, I think everybody and their grandmother has Calvin Ridley going to the Bears at eight. (laughs) So um, but Bears fans are worried because, you know, Kevin White. I explained it to a friend of mine because he has those concerns. He's a Bears fan. I'm from Chicago. And I told him, I said that Ridley isn't Kevin White. Like, understand that he he has he comes with zero bust potential in my mind. Like, he doesn't have any bust potential. He may never live up to the hype that I'm giving him right now just because I'm expecting really big things. A possession receiver that literally will, you know, see 100 plus targets per year. I see that with him. And I think it should happen relatively quickly considering his age and his ability, like his, you know, his readiness for the NFL. Whereas Kevin White came with huge upside, but we also knew that there was massive bust downside potential with him. Like I said, Ridley is in a tier of his own. If no other wide receiver went in the first round, I would understand it. Ridley needs to go in the first round. Yeah, I'm with you on Ridley being a first rounder and there was a lot to dissect there, but I'm going to I'm going to jump in on a couple points. One with John Ross and importance of scheme. You know, when you're 6 weeks into your NFL career and they start talking about trying you out at corner, to me, that says the coaching staff has no idea what to do with you. So I, that, that's an issue for me. Another thing you pointed out is people are constantly comparing prospects like, oh, he's not Calvin Johnson. Well, if we're just going to say receivers aren't Calvin Johnson so they can't go in the first round, let's cancel the first round. <laughs> and then you mentioned a couple other points. Like comparing him to Kevin White is silly to me because of what you just said. Ridley is a high floor, high ceiling guy. Like, he's not Kevin White. You're just using that because he's a wide receiver the Bears drafted that was older. And that's kind of where the comparison dies. And then you want to compare him to kind of someone – I would say like a Cooper Cup. I'm not. This is not my comparison for him, but in terms of drafting an older receiver and seeing that early impact right away, mm-hmm. I think that Cup's game transferred. Uh, he doesn't have near the ceiling that really does. But just in terms of you could you should see if you are going to draft someone that's 24 years old, they need to have that refinement to their game, and Ridley does. And then one other point. Just I kind of thought of this. We were talking about contested catches earlier. A lot of his contested catches were because he beat the corner by ten yards, and the quarterback <laughs> the couldn't get. Throat. Yeah, he could. The ball couldn't get there, and then he had to come back and try to jump over a guy to make the play. And you know, if he's getting NFL quarterbacks to make throws to him, that's not going to be an issue the way it was for him in Alabama. So I'm with you. I think a lot of the knocks are on him are nitpicking. I think if you're just going to throw him away because he's 23 years old, then you know what. 
Throw him away, and I hope the Jets get him in the second round. I hope every team in the NFL decides that he's too old. I know you mentioned Diggs earlier. Do you have a uh, – is that your NFL comparison for him? Because that's mine. Yeah, I like Diggs a lot. Uh, in my – I did a video recently, and it was uh, – I, I said Reggie Wayne. Re- he reminded me a lot of Reggie Wayne. Uh, he had – like, it's just like that, that that receiver that people looked at as a number one receiver, but they didn't need to be, you know, six foot three. They didn't need to be 230 pounds, like going up in the red zone, catching the ball over players. They didn't need to do that. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. I put him in that conversation is like, you know, we talked about this on my podcast actually not long ago about when we talk about players and compare them, we're not talking about like, oh, he's going to turn into Antonio Brown, but we're saying that's the player's game that he should emulate. Like when you, when you talk about a player, we're trying to give, you know, your listeners an idea as to the player he is. And if you want to, you know, give him a game to Taylor, it would be Antonio Brown, Stefan Diggs. Those, those two aren't, aren't the biggest wide receivers. They're not the most physical wide receivers, but they can get open at will. They have the speed to beat you on every level of the field. And that's kind of where we're at. It's not, it's not saying that he's going to be Reggie Wayne because Reggie Wayne, you know, eight, 1000 yard seasons. Uh, he's going to be in the NFL hall of fame someday. I, I just, I, I don't want to place those expectations, but that's the type of player he is. And that's the ceiling that he does possess. Yeah. And I think to add to that, you know, we talk about he's 23 years old and a lot of receivers start to fall off a cliff when they're, what, 30, 31 years old, kind of in that range, maybe a little bit older now that guys continue to get in better and better shape. But route running is something that never leaves people, right? Right. That's like Jerry Rice is playing until he was 40 because he could run a route. He didn't have that speed anymore. So the fact that his route running is so smooth and so good, for me, it makes me feel even more comfortable that he's 23 years old. So I agree that the the Brown – the digs we're not saying that that's who they're going to be even though i think he can very easily have the nfl career that stefan Diggs has um we're saying that those are the kind of games that he emulates do you have an ideal landing spot uh it's really tough right now in this year's draft not knowing there's so many quarterback questions around uh but i would say walking into the bears is actually the ideal spot for him because i do believe that mitch trubisky is more than capable as a quarterback i don't think that he he may not ever turn into the elite quarterback that some hoped um but i do think that he's more than capable of getting the ball to a receiver and if ridley was drafted by the bears he automatically walks into that number one role i mean cameron meredith is coming back i want to say he's uh, he might be a restricted free agent um but we don't know how he's coming back from his brutal knee injury. Kevin White, I think that we're, we're almost to the point where the Bears may end up cutting him. Um, I, I don't know where they're at with him. Dontrell Inman, they, they signed him for one year just so Mitch Trubisky could have an actual NFL wide receiver on the team. So, you know, when you talk about Matt Nagy coming to the Bears, I, I think it changes the scenery in Chicago. I think that they would use Ridley to his strengths, you know. That was one of the biggest things with Nagy when he came to Chicago. He had held his press conference, and it wasn't a cookie-cutter press conference. He talked about, he's like, look, I'm not setting any expectations for this team. I have to get in to know the players, and I have to know how to build around them to, to bring out every single one of their strengths. This is something that John Fox didn't do, you know, even with, with Trubisky. Like, the, the offense was was so bad. Like, I can understand why people are concerned about Trubisky, but there was no creativity. It was very, very... You could basically predict what the Bears were going to do every snap. So, uh, with Nagy here a willing offensive mind uh, to work with Ridley and get him in the right situations with Mitch Trubisky, who has an arm to get him the ball. I think that's the ideal situation. And if you wanted a backup, because let's say that the bears take, you know, let's say they take Quentin Nelson or something like that at eight. I think the Redskins are a team you should watch because they have Josh Doxson out there. He's known as like the red zone guy. He can go up and he can go over anybody and get it, but he's not that he's not that possession receiver. I don't think he's ever going to develop into that with the way the Redskins kind of view him and how they've been using him. You have Crowder for like the underneath stuff. Then you could have Ridley be like your all purpose wide receiver. 
where that would be a dangerous wide receiver core. And we saw Alex Smith make it work with Tyreek Hill. <laughs> I mean, the receiver core in Kansas City last year. So I have faith that Alex Smith would be able to make it work with Calvin Ridley. So the Bears and Redskins are my two favorites. Um, some may talk about the Ravens, but I'm not a fan of that offense. I don't I don't want him to see. I, I do not want to see him go to Baltimore. I'll just say that. It's funny. If he goes to play in Washington and plays with Alex Smith, who's many talk about being one of the most conservative quarterbacks and really needing to see someone wide open, it's still not going to touch what he had to wait for to Alabama, how open he had to get <laughs> to get the football. I think the Bears are a great call, and we'll see if they sign Jarvis Landry or if they add somebody. And But one of the things I really like about Ridley's game that we didn't touch on is that he plays all over the field. Bama moved him left wide receiver, right wide receiver, kind of in the slot. And if you don't have that other stud wide receiver, like you mentioned in Washington with Crowder, he's going to be the slot guy. I love Ridley's ability to move him around and kind of create the best matchups for your team. And I think, you know, a team that doesn't have that star slot receiver could use him there and he could become that ultimate chess piece and constantly get open. Mike, I just want to thank you for coming on, man. Your your knowledge is awesome. I love talking Calvin Ridley with you. Football in general. I mean, yeah. when we're off this podcast, I'm probably going to hit you up in the next couple of days to just start <laughs> talking football again. But uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. On Twitter, I'm at Mike Taglier NFL. And I, I've been doing some, you know, top 100 prospects, mock drafts. I just released my my first mock draft uh, on Monday. I, I don't even remember what day it is, honestly, but it, just a couple days ago, I released my first mock draft and it's before free agency. So, you know, the more information we get, the more I'm able to kind of put that into it. And as Elliot knows, we we don't really stop grinding, man. This is this is what we do. I love talking football. So anytime you want to have me on, I'm, I'm more than well, I'm more than happy to come back, man. Yeah, we got to get you back. We got to find someone we disagree on at some point so we can kind of hash it out and have some fun with that one. Guys, he's he's Mike Tagliere. I'm Elliot Christ. You can follow the pod at Draft Daily Pod on Twitter. We're now on Google, iTunes, and Stitcher. As always, guys, we really appreciate you listening. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, hit records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo? I do not stay at the Continental And anything I got is not a rental